0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. And Bill, uh, I was—I usually ask at the end of the week, how bad was Hillary's week? Here it is Tuesday, and yesterday was Labor Day, so it didn't even count. How bad was Hillary's week?
1: Uh, well, her weekend was pretty bad, actually. Uh, new poll out this morning from Monmouth showing Hillary down from 52 to 42% in the last month or two, I think it is. Um, and, most, and more interestingly, perhaps... Biden now at 22 percent, taking second place away from Sanders at 20. So Biden and Sanders together at 42, Hillary at 42. Pretty clear sign that Hillary is losing control of majority support support in the Democratic Party, maybe even plurality support at some point. Um, and I think there's got to be something close to panic in Hillary world.
0: Well, I watch the cable shows, and they assure me that the American people could care less about the uh, server issue and the email. She's done absolutely nothing wrong with the server and the email, they assure me. And even if she did, nobody cares. So whatever we know, Bill, it has nothing to do with today's news in the New York Times about the server and the email. Yeah, there
1: are two amazing stories in the New York Times this morning, one uh, about the server and email, which do seem to pretty conclusively show that she had classified material on her uh, unsecured private secret server. The other the front page story in the new york times written with the cooperation of hillary clinton aides, who are they don't give their names but they're interviewed the times reporter seems to have even gone to the office to talk to them in brooklyn and they're going on about how they're planning a spontaneous overhaul of hillary's image she has to have more humor uh more heart and they go on about how they're they're, they're telling her how to look friendlier and smile more it's really you can't make it up i mean the idea that it's one thing to do that I mean, doing it itself is an acknowledgment of her limitations as a candidate. But why would you tell The New York Times about it? It really, it shows a kind of campaign in disarray, AIDS, you know, sucking up to reporters by giving them access, uh, not in the interest of their candidate, uh, someone called me from New York this morning, a friend of mine who knows a lot of Democrats, since as Donald Trump correctly says, if you live in New York City, you know a lot of Democrats. And he said that's what the people he knows who are Democratic donor types, a lot of them, were all they were talking about is what is going on? Why is that story on the front page of the New York Times?
0: Uh, well, see, that, that's the more mean-spirited take. On my radio show, Bill, we actually wanted to help because it's clear that Hillary's not grasping this whole have fun thing on her own. I, you know that you're having a problem with spontaneity when you have to schedule your spontaneity for 4.32 in the afternoon. That's, that's So we've started a hashtag, help Hillary have Fun. With that's examples good. like, how about an office server wiping party? Bring your own cloth. Or maybe prank call Joe Biden. Is your refrigerator running? Because you're not. And that's how we're helping Hillary have fun. I, I've i never, I mean, it's one thing to know, to be a ham-fisted, wooden candidate. It's another one to be a ham-fisted, wooden candidate who keeps announcing over and over again, boy, our problem is we're ham-fisted and wooden. But we've got it, we're going to fix it today, tonight. And it's another thing
1: to be a ham-fisted and wooden candidate and say, look, I know I'm not the greatest candidate in the world, but I bring solid experience oh, right. or good judgment or toughness to the job. So that's Richard Nixon. That's George H.W. Bush in a way, not a natural politician. Sure. And I think Hillary could do that, but where's her substantive agenda? I mean, she's got all this staff. She has all this experience. She has access to every democratic policy operative. Where's her plan for anything? I mean, it's, it's when you think about it, what's equally amazing as her sort of incompetence or limitations as a campaigner is the fact that she hasn't compensated for it. with It doesn't have to be even interesting, but at least a solid liberal, I mean, we wouldn't agree with it, but still a kind of big liberal policy agenda.
0: Well, I think one of her things must be she's going to open up relations with North Korea big time, because if as the New York Times reported, she didn't realize that an email featuring information about North Korea's nuclear weapons program was slightly classified. Then she she must have a different vision for for uh, Kim Jong Un than we do.
1: You know the, that article was interesting. I, I I didn't obviously one would have to really uh, find out more. That's what's going to happen presumably over the next weeks and months. But. The, the, the Hillary camp is spinning it as well. Different departments would judge things to be of different sensitivity and might apply different classifications. The Times story made it sound to me as if this was a document that had come over from one of the intelligence agencies right. with a top-secret classification, not that it was a question of whether this material should have been classified. If that's the case, then we're really – in. De- I mean she is really in deep water. She's in legal deep waters, not just in political deep waters.
0: But I also think that this is one of the pieces of the story – that as the story develops is going to stick because when people say, Oh, she had a server. It wasn't as secure people. Well, what does that really mean? It was in a bathroom. Okay. That's funny. But when you say North Korea, nuclear weapons, top secret, all of a sudden, people, oh, you mean that's the kind of stuff she was sending out on AOL.com? Okay, now I get what's really at stake. I get now this isn't just some you know diplomatic we were going to negotiate from the left side of the table versus the right. This is, oh, nukes, North Korea, hello, big time.
1: Yeah, and I do think it, though, combines with the server, which, which remains extraordinary in the sense that other people have gotten in trouble for occasionally using their Gmail account to send no, notes at night when they're not in the office or whatever, though if you're Secretary of State you have a classified computer at home as well. But nonetheless, um, uh, you know, sending a note that they shouldn't have sent or whatever, sort of sloppiness of mixing the either the private and the public or the classified and the unclassified. But when you go out of your way to set up an entire Um, private server that isn't part of the state department system, you're just asking for trouble. So in that respect, it's not, this isn't an inadvertence. This isn't a bug that sort of is a problem with her server. This is a feature of the way she chose to conduct herself as secretary of state.
0: I agree. And the uh, national security implications, you know, uh, present an opportunity for Republicans. They make people nervous. I've heard a new kind of theory popping up uh, on the viewing Trump issue as this is really about security and strength for America, strong America. And the num- what is the number one foreign policy story for us in the United States? Obviously, the migrant story in, in Europe is a big story, but for us, it's the Iran deal. And now Hillary simultaneously has to deal with what, how she's going to handle this. My question for you is, if the Democrats stop there from even being a vote up or down on approving this deal, now that they have 41 votes in favor of the deal. Is that good or bad for the Democratic Party and for Hillary in particular?
1: Well, first of all, there'll be a vote in the House and that'll get about every Republican and about 20, 25 Democrats. So that'll be a pretty overwhelming 265 to, what's the math, 180 type vote in the House to disapprove the deal, it goes to the Senate, maybe the Democrats will succeed in filibustering it, and maybe incidentally, in the meantime, some efforts, which I'm friendly to, to try to point out that they haven't supplied the text of the side deals, so they haven't actually even, uh, the administration hasn't even complied with the Corker legislation, there'll be some efforts to derail things that way, they probably won't work. So then they'll go to the Senate, the Democrats will either block a vote or they won't, if they block a vote, it's still, the vote on cloture will de facto be the vote on the deal, it will be something like 58-42. And there's the democratic party i mean no republicans only democrats supporting this deal which uh, does establish iran as a nuclear threshold state and maybe even more important for the political implications gives all this money tens of billions of dollars to iran and very soon not 10 years from now but next year this is iran which is supporting the assad regime in syria which in turn has caused this refugee crisis in europe this is iran which was very happy to help uh, kill American servicemen in Iraq by providing much more sophisticated IEDs. This is Iran, which supports Hezbollah sitting on Israel's border uh, and which also has American blood on its hands. I I just think this becomes a very big issue in 2016. The fact that Donald Trump, as you say, I I do think, incidentally, you're right that some of Trump's appeal, a little more of it is kind of foreign policy, not in the detailed sense of foreign policy, but in the sense of you know, are we still a great country? Are we going to get pushed around like Patsy's, as he says? Uh, I think that is the source of some of his appeal. Uh, other Republican candidates should be able to pick up on that uh, with strong defense and foreign policy uh, agendas. But anyway, the Iran deal does, I think, exemplify that uh, the, the Obama-Clinton, and she's with him on this, a uh, Democratic Party has cut a terrible deal with a bad regime with American blood on its hands.
0: I also think and I could be wrong. I mean, I've seen politics twist this way and in a way that surprised me very much lately. But to say not only am I going to sneak this treaty through as a non treaty and everyone knows it's a treaty. But I'm going to, in, in in spirit, renege on the deal. The deal was you'll at least get to vote on it before I laughingly ignore you. <laughs> to go one step further and muscle it through. I mean, it's, this is already a, a a perception for the Obama administration that they truly view themselves as extra legal in every sense. They just do what they want, and who cares what the law says? And I, on an issue this important, where there's so much passion, to say we Democrats won't even let there be a vote on this. I know you mean the closure vote will be a vote to a degree, but the symbolism of that, I think, could energize more of the we've got to have a change and make it, add yet another brick to the back of Hillary Clinton or whoever the nominee is.
1: No, I agree with that. And if you think about it, Obamacare was put, Pushed through exactly. using dubious parliamentary tricks, not a straight partisan vote. The immigration executive orders were defended on straight partisan votes in Congress, and certainly are dubious legality and constitutionality for that matter. And now we've got the Iran deal. So I, I do think the Republican candidate, if there is a decent Republican candidate in 2016, and I'm hopeful there will be one, uh, shouldn't have a very hard time saying You're running against that. And unless these deals, unless Obamacare suddenly starts working great and the Iran deal t- turns out to work well, which I neither, which I expect. I, I think it does give the Republican a basic advantage in the 2016 election.
0: And that brings us to the last question, which is the is this election shaping up to be at all about policy or is it really going to be about approach and style? And I don't mean just the showbiz style. I think Donald Trump, you know, people focus on that. But uh, once again, I don't think that's the part of the style that's appealing. That's what gave him a launching pad. But the part of his style that's appealing is America wins. Everybody else loses. It's that simple. Everyone knows whose team I'm on versus uh, the uh, President Obama, who has had very much a America's place in the world needs to be rolled back. We need to reset, et cetera. Is it going to break down, do you think, to that kind of election? And if it does, doesn't that give the Republicans a really strong position to run from?
1: Yeah, maybe one way to put that is to say the election, I think, will not be about so much about particular policies as about worldview worldview about, of America's place in the world, uh, and also worldview about the kind of government we have here in America, a limited government or a federal government that gets involved in everything in any state. And I think the Republican candidate who can best articulate a foreign policy worldview of American strength and leadership and a domestic policy worldview of limited government and freedom uh, and economic policies that will lead to uh, to economic growth – Uh, Yeah, I agree. I think those are elections that tend to be good for Republicans. That was really 1980. When it becomes a micro-level election, you're competing for every group with different promises, Obviously, the party that's for bigger government, for the welfare state has, a, has an advantage. They can make promises to groups and the Republicans end up saying, well, we can't promise as much. It would be irresponsible. or We're not going to promise anything. The, the bigger the election is, I tend to think the better it is for Republicans and conservatives. And I agree with you. This looks like it's going to be a big election.
0: But don't write Hillary out. You know, that headline in The uh, New York Times said, AIDS said Hillary has to show a heart. And that's good. That's easy for her because she has one. It's in a box right next to the server. And so it's not a problem to show that whatsoever.
1: That was that was harsh. You know, I think that's the kind of rhetoric that's turning off independent. <laughs> no, I totally I mean, it is you can't you can mock. Well, everyone is mocking the, the New York Times story, or the headline in so many different ways. But they asked for it. Again, what, what's amazing mm-hmm. about that story is that the aides volunteered this exactly. to the New York Times reporter.
0: And so that's therefore when they find that heartless body you know, corpse mm. somewhere in the woods in New Hampshire, we'll know exactly where to look. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.